Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Tyler Henry, welcome to What's the Point? Another friend I met through my modeling career <laughs> when I modeled the one time for Jane Golf. Tyler was born in La Quinta, California. Yep. I actually met Tyler in 2013, 2013 when I was working at Beats by Dre. And Tyler was the intern that was friends with Drake. That was like <laughs> Not, his, I don't even think we were friends yet, but but that was the yeah on the that way. was exactly so I remember him just being like very respected, very cool. I ended up leaving Beats, and then we reconnected through our modeling careers. Yeah. Um, he went on to start a few different companies, and most recently co-founded Sturdy. So you know, as this conversation goes, we want to hear a little bit about your glamorous career and ups and downs, but also about your personal life. Cool. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Okay. So as you know, from listening, first question we always ask is what is your definition of fulfillment and what is your definition of success? And are they at all related? I actually spend time preparing for this. I hate showing up unprepared. To me, success is the... It's sort of like the first step to fulfillment coming into whatever you're passionate about. We set these massive goals and these mountains we want to climb. And you rarely think about what you want your life to look like, how you want your time spent, you know, where you want to live, what sort of family you want to eventually build if you want to build one. And to me, success is like what you first grasp around of like, I want to start this company. I want to make this much money. I want to manage these artists. I want to build this product, whatever it may be. And it's amazing. That usually becomes a starting point. But to me, fulfillment is what you learn along the way and what you eventually realize that it doesn't matter how much money you make, how big you get, how successful. If you don't know your why, which to me is like I tie to fulfillment, then it's all for nothing. And a lot of people climb that mountain and don't know what sort of larger thing that they're trying to fulfill or what their purpose of life really is and what they want it to all mean when it's our time to go. 
And so I look at success as that sort of like first spark that got me into it of a goal I set so far away. And then fulfillment's what I've learned along the way that sort of filled in all the really meaningful things that I'm trying to grow in more every day. That's that's a beautiful yeah. answer. So it seems from the outside that you found your why at a very young age. Would that be very true? Very lucky about that. Yeah. Okay. Very so lucky. how did that come about? Like, how did you find your why? Because I think yeah. so often people are in like 30s, 40s, and we still haven't really discovered our why. We've been mm-hmm. thrown into a career that like maybe we were brainwashed into from college or from what people were doing and were unfulfilled. So how did you find yours and how do you still cultivate it every day? Yeah. So... Oh, it's when I think about my journey and who I was when I was younger and I meet young entrepreneurs or people trying to get in the industry all the time. And I try to take as many of those meetings or calls as possible because I remember trying to meet people like me and just always have the door shut on me. And so I try to, even if it's just a 10, 15 minute call to help point them in a direction or give them that motivation they may have been looking for. I try to, and I always tell them like, I, I really didn't feel special or unique growing up. I felt like a normal kid with like a normal family. I wasn't great at sports. I wasn't great at school. I wasn't like great at talking to girls. Everything felt like very ordinary for me. But in that I learned hard work and I learned that, okay, if I get up the earliest and I stay the latest, like that will eventually get me further than the people that it may come naturally to. And so when I moved to LA, I saw a documentary. It was actually on Drake in 2010. And it was him beginning his music journey. And he put out his first official album and had his first tour. And it was when he was sort of going from this like underground guy that was a Canadian actor to being the artist we know him to be. Something in me just lit up in a way that I never felt. And I was going to USC to do engineering and applied mathematics. (laughs) And I went the route that I think everyone was just like, yeah, like do what you're best at, which to me was like mathematics for whatever reason. Um... (laughs) Uh, my parents wanted me to get a very stable job of amazing parents, but you know, they sort of, as their generation taught them, you go to a good school, you get a stable job in engineering, doctor, lawyer, the usual. And I wanted to make them happy as I think most kids do. And when I watched this documentary, something in me lit up and a guy on the screen came up, his name was 40 and his title came up as an engineer and a producer. And so I asked my dad, who's actually a musician, what an engineer did. And he explained to me, they record the artists and they mix the songs and they produce them. And I was like, wait, someone's job to like make the music sound good. Again, as like a consumer of music at a young age, you don't think of all the jobs around them. That summer I interned at a studio and just fell in love with it and moved to LA to go to school and just knew that I had these four years of being at USC. It's where I could either party and be really social and get out there and enjoy my time as, as a young adult now leaving home as most people decide to do. Or I said, you know what? Like I could use these years to get ahead. And hopefully by the time I graduate, I've either started a company or I work for someone I've always admired or, or have some sort of head start was always my thinking. And so those first two years of school, I had hundreds of failures. I'm talking about artists that I launched and put all my savings into that didn't work, concerts I threw that five people showed up to, clothing lines we launched that I still have like shirts to this day. (laughs) And like my cousins in Europe still wear as a joke. It, It took so many of those failures. And it took for me like feeling that and knowing 
okay, I'm young, I'm still in school, I could do this and get at it again the next day. And I just sort of got known as the young music hustler on campus was just sort of like what I got identified as. And I started helping throw the shows at USC. And, and that's how I met Drake's tour manager was at a show. The DJ was like, you got to meet this guy, Tyler. He's like doing all the music stuff on campus and has his own record label. And, and I met Jamil, who a ton of people know in the industry. And he was the one that brought me into the Drake and OVO world. And it sort of all connected from there. Wow. So were you always comfortable with rejection? Like all these failures, you kept at it. Like how? I mean, no one was really paying attention. And again, that's the benefit of doing it at a young age. Mm-hmm. And everyone's so big on announcing things to the world. Sometimes like start to develop it in a low pressure environment. Like you don't have to tell your parents right away, all your friends, like sometimes just like get the idea started to where now you feel comfortable to share it and post about it or tell other people so that if it fails or if you need to switch directions, it doesn't feel like this drastic life change that you now have to make. So I always encourage people like start an idea small and start it as like, if you can work on that idea for not a lot of money in a small environment, then amazing. And I, like I, we started a distribution company a couple of years ago and the first artist we signed, we signed the song for I think $600 and then we've built it up and now we're doing six and seven figure deals. But like, I just wanted to prove this model of distribution would work that we had sort of planned out. And instead of raising a ton of money and doing this big announcement and telling everyone, I just said, like, let me work on this on the side, build it with this team that we want to build it with. And once we've proven the model and we've made some mistakes, then we can go out wider with it. Yeah, I love that. Because whenever you start a company, it's like you think of like an MVP, like a minimum viable product or, or whatever it is. And you kind of just like have it to yourself, kind of see if it works and then kind of go out there. And I think also when you're not confident in your idea yet, and you start sharing it, then other people's feedback and opinions kind of get in the way. And if someone's like, you should, like if your dad was like, absolutely not, don't do that. Like maybe it would have like swayed Mm -hmm. you a little bit instead of like building out on your own, seeing your passion, seeing it working and then going from there. I mean, you really have to be so passionate and love it because yeah, everyone's going to tell you it's not a good idea. You have those failures and... Or the flip side, I've heard that if you tell everyone your idea and everyone validates you and affirms that it's an amazing idea, you actually will have less motivation to act on it because you've already gotten the dopamine of people being like, it's a great idea. It's a great idea, Yeah, which is interesting on the flip side. Yeah. So how about in your personal life? Do you you move with the same, like, I'm just going to explore. I'm going to keep it quiet. Like, I guess in what sense? Like romance, friendships. I don't know. We know travel environment. Or are you always like vision, goal? I'm going to like, what's your approach? Yeah. I get a lot of people that come to me in the industry and go, the way you live your life inspires me. And there will always be someone doing the business bigger and better, right? There's always people doing bigger deals and making this money and signing this act. You can never always be at the top. And yeah, I've just, I'm, I'm really fortunate that at a young age, I got comfortable with knowing what are my goals on a professional sense, but also knowing the journey I want to build for myself and the boundaries I want to build for myself has been a big thing. And I try to showcase that even more than the work I do. Cause I feel like people need to see that. They don't need to see like I signed another artist or we had another platinum record. Like that's every minute of every day coming from every direction. But when I was young and if I think I would have seen somebody that was achieving success, but also like prioritizing friends, family, 
the relationship with themselves, personal health, mental health, these sort of things that we're hearing more of now, but wasn't much of a thing five, 10 years ago. I try to showcase more of that. And COVID was that sort of reset for me to start to prioritize that because before that it was work 24 seven. It was all I did. It was all I thought about. If I wasn't double or triple tasking at a time, to me, I was like wasting my time. If I wasn't eating and on a call, I wasn't like officially using my time. If I wasn't, you know, brushing my teeth and listening to songs, I wasn't like efficiently using my time because I was so obsessed with getting to the next phase of my career and continuing to grow. And the funny thing is that once COVID sort of like resetted and I reorganized priorities and had time and put personal goals, I literally made a bucket list of things I want to achieve in my life, which very few are professionally. It's probably like 10% professional goals and 90% personal. Once I set that and I try to achieve two to three a year is like my goal. You know, some years I have more, some I have less. But once I started to prioritize other things that filled up my personal bucket, the level I actually became more efficient increased so much that because you now have a set amount of hours to work versus feeling like you'll just work until like your eyes hurt essentially. Mm. But knowing that like, okay, I give myself my mornings. Like I don't do calls before 9.30 and I don't do meetings generally past like 5, 6 p.m. Unless it's like a really, really important one that I know like is only limited to that time. But like I learned I love cooking, which is something I never knew about myself. And so giving myself my nights to cook dinner and have that time myself is just like made me happier, has made me enjoy doing my work more. And again, those hours that you're now working, you're doing more in that amount of time because you know it's limited versus feeling like I'll just work until 3, 4 a.m. every day. Right. So how did you take all these learnings that you learned in COVID and like the boundaries that you set for yourself and then apply them when people came back to the world, but in an industry that's very go, 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 fast paced, sometimes can be cutthroat. And I'm sure the people around you, a lot of them are taking meetings early morning yeah. and late at night. So how do you maintain your boundaries in that kind of industry and not get swayed? It's tough at first, but it's also remarkable how just telling someone, I'm sorry, I don't really do dinner meetings anymore, like, but I'm happy to schedule lunch or a coffee or a call during the day. I've never met someone yet that hasn't respected it, including my clients. Mm -hmm. And again, people's attitude starts to change once they see you're doing that. They then feel more comfortable saying like, wait, maybe like I should take Sundays off or I should do this or I am okay having dinner with my family and like carving out that time. And so it's like everyone's sort of afraid to when it's the norm not to do it. But as soon as you see more and more people... And so that's like the part of me I try to showcase more, whether it's through like social media or how I represent myself out there. Mm -hmm. So I do think you have to be aware of it, of like you do influence as you get growing your career of how people in your industry act and, and how it develops. I try to think a lot about that, not just what am I growing as a business, but how am I progressing the industry I'm a part of? And that's given me these opportunities. And hopefully my goal is by the time I leave it, it's in a better place and people can feel that impact, whether they like associate you with it or not is not the point, but it's like, did you leave it? And is there, um, you know, are there better standards for artists? Are there better standards for executives that haven't really prioritized their personal and mental health 
Right. You're and, leading by example. Yeah. Like you're and, setting the stage for the ripple effect. You're showing effect. a different way to do things. Because in my yeah. head, I feel like so many deals get done in this industry and dinner meetings, right? Mm-hmm. Or like late at night and whatnot. So for you to be like, no, you actually don't need to do that. You can like keep your peace and protect your boundaries and still be really successful in the industry. Yeah. The thing I struggle with most is, and it's always easier when you're kind of on the other side to say these things. But when you're young, trying to make it and break through, I haven't personally realized yet if if that's just necessary to sort of like go through those like 18 hour work days and like you just like obsess over and you skip meals and you get less sleep. Like there's a part of me that feels like you have to do that early on to like at least get to your first few steps. But um, I think as soon as you feel like you can start building boundaries, like start to do it and realize that it is like step by step. Yeah, You won't go from like, doing that to all of a sudden your whole life's changed. Like you have to make slow changes that progress over the years. Like I would say it took me a good three years to really put, put these in practices into place. And I'm still trying to like refine and tweak every day. It's also hard not to get tempted sometimes. Like sometimes you want to do those things, yeah. but if you know, it's not going to serve you long run, it's like you got to sure. stick to it. Yeah. And like over COVID, I decided to sign up for an Ironman. <laughs> wow. Which was on my bucket list. And I just, I got inspired one day and decided to sign up and Again, I wanted to use it as an opportunity to show people like you could be focused on your career and grow in it and, and be all in on that, but also achieve a really hard feat that requires mind and body at its sort of like full length. It's a 142 mile race over swimming, biking and running. Oh my God. It's and a it, mental, mental oh, thing. Oh, it's probably mental yeah. more than physical. Yeah. yeah. And when I finished it and we were able to raise a ton of money through it and did a lot of great things. Yeah, the amount of people that call me to say like, fuck, that inspired me to to go get back into this or to prioritize more time or to like give myself my mornings because I posted a lot of the journey of it. Wow. That to me is way more than like, oh, he built this company or he signed this artist. Yeah, no, I agree. I think it's like you're you're leading by like, you can have both, right? You can be a successful person and care about your mental health and your mornings and your nights and Mm -hmm. whatnot. Because I think we used to prize hustle culture so much yeah. as a society. I was that, and, definitely part of that, yeah. Yeah, and like side hustle. It was very millennial because actually to your point, so it's funny, you mentioned earlier that the way that you felt you needed to get ahead because you were, quote, ordinary, is putting in longer hours yeah. instead of partying at USC, which is what I chose to do. <laughs> um, <laughs> Nothing wrong with it for all those that You were like, USC I want to build a business, blah, 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 which is amazing, right? So I think, but that takes a lot of discipline because USC is fun. All these schools are fun. Mm-hmm. It's hard to like, be like, keep your eye on the prize. So I actually think it's almost like you disciplined yourself to have the boundaries around, or I guess yeah. you can answer this between your social life and work. And then it swapped. Mm -hmm. And now you're like, I'm on the other side. I can actually set boundaries to maybe have more fun at night Mm -hmm. doing the things I want to do versus working. Absolutely. So yeah, I love it. I personally was like grind in your twenties and the rest of your life, you could shape a lot more. So I have a question about that though, because this period of like, I also had the like grind in your twenties and Mm -hmm. whatever, 
But part of me is like, yes, maybe it was part of me subscribing to hustle culture, like living in New York. But then the other part of me, I think I was really building my confidence during those years because I didn't have any experience under my belt. So I worked so hard and I did the things that everyone was doing. And then I slowly built confidence. And now that I have confidence, I can kind of be like, okay, like I know what I'm doing. Like I'm of value. I'm of worth. Now these are my boundaries. And I will only take a meeting with you after like 930. 100%. But before that, I was like a little too like new in the workforce and like didn't have any confidence. So if you wanted to meet at 7 a.m., I'm there. Mm -hmm. Does that resonate? Completely. Yeah. Yeah. And it's why I, I try to push more and more people to explore in your 20s and, and really push yourself about finding your passion and if you are interested in starting a company and, and being an entrepreneur, like starting it then, because it becomes a little easier to make those mistakes and you have more energy. And as we get older and start families and, and do all these things and other responsibilities come up, it just gets tougher if you haven't established your roots as like, yeah, this is my value. I know what I could bring to the table. I've done it before and I've seen it. And so I always like encourage people to try to start as young as they can. It's the same thing like with babies, when they trip and fall, they just like get back up like much easier, right? Mm -hmm. So the same thing with us, like yeah. when we're younger, we can like get back up more, you know what I mean? Like it's just yeah, easier it's like for us to just start something new and it's okay. Like you're, you're so more resilient young. when you're younger. Like we as have a less kid. responsibilities. We don't have to like take right. care of anyone. That's why they say like start kids skiing young and start kids, all the like activities yeah. because Languages, like they're more, yeah. they have less fear. Yeah. yeah. And mm -hmm. in your twenties, you have less fear and you have less to lose. Once yeah. you're in your thirties and you have a kid, you're like, I might not want to gamble all my savings on a company. Understandably. Yeah. Right. Which makes Back sense. Back then I was like $8 in my account and <laughs> and not eight dollars gonna go to a new time. artist. Yeah, I'd get some yeah. Chipotle and because you just knew it like back. it was just gonna work out. Like there was not, and I don't know where it came from because my parents were never didn't really encourage it. They didn't discourage it, but they definitely weren't like go out and like go for it in that way. Do you have siblings? I do, okay. and they weren't like that either. So I don't know where it came from, but as soon as I found again this light in music. There was nothing someone could have said to me, done amount of failures that I could have had that would have stopped me, I think. Would you consider yeah. yourself successful? Oh, it's so funny. <laughs> uh, would I consider myself successful? Yes, I would. Okay, I'm going to say yes. Would you I'm consider glad. yourself fulfilled? Fulfilled? I think it's a constant journey. And there are some, for where I'm at my life now, yes. Yes, I'll say yes. Okay. But it feels like it's like always changing. It's always evolving. It's always changing, yeah. You know, and I'm 31 now and you think a lot about what a life partner looks like and starting to build a family. And now that you have a lot more comfortable space and you don't worry about that side of it, but I'm also really happy where I'm at and absolutely love my life. Yeah. There's a side of me that like sees friends with families and starting to have kids. And I'm like, oh shit, like... It's coming for you. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know if I could do that yet, but... um. I think that like you get comfort that once you find your partner that yeah. you feel like you could really build that with. And yeah. so I do feel extremely fulfilled right now and I'm excited for what's to come. Yeah. I think we all go through like seasons in our life where like you're working really hard at something maybe in your personal life and then something really hard in your professional life. And it's, mm -hmm. it's all like a seasons thing and it's, it can be fluid and it doesn't have to be like, well, because I'm doing this, like I can't do this. Like it's just, we need to just embrace the fluidity of life more and not be like so rigid and like, no, I'm only working on business stuff right Completely now. Completely agree. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I um, I'm like really proud. I give myself my weekends now. Like I only work and do meetings Monday through Thursday. 
Fridays, I may do a couple calls, but for the most part, I keep that as an open day. I'll catch up on some stuff. I'll do lunch with a friend or whatever it may be, but like I keep the day pretty open. You know, I think it's also important as you get in that position. I'll admit I was really bad early on at being a great leader. I felt like I could score the ball every time, but I didn't really make the team around me better. And so that's probably been my more recent journey of like, how do I, how do I make everyone around me better? How do I give them a platform? How do I help them develop skills and uncover what they want to do and who they want to be? Not only a professional sense, but in a, in a life and sense as well. And so I would say that's become one of my like new challenges that I'm really enjoying learning on being a better leader and, and inspiring people. Cause before I did it by like brute force of just like. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United healthcare offers flexible budget-friendly coverage for medical vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. If you don't work as hard as me, like get out yeah. sort of mentality. Yeah. And that's just so toxic and bad. And mm-hmm. like that just came from me and my insecurities and what I personally went through to get to where I was. And I thought I had to push people in that sense and the weak would leave and the strong would stay, but it wasn't a healthy environment. And so I'm, I'm actively working on that. That's amazing. Yeah. And I'm so glad you recognize that. That's also very, I think, old school. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like, especially yeah. in men's working culture. Yeah, yeah. It takes a degree of self-awareness. I mean, like the finance culture is like that too. You're, you're staying there in the office just because your managing partner, whoever the boss is still there. And mm-hmm. you feel like you just have to stay there because of that. And I think the more you can be like, well, it's not about time spent. It's not about the quantity of hours worked. It's really about like the quality. So how can I get the best strengths out of my team members? And maybe this person is much more efficient with their time. And some people may not want to stay late. Some people are morning people. Some people are night owls. And it's just about playing to their strengths. And I think as a leader, for you to recognize that says a lot. Yeah. I mean, one of our executives on the music side, we had a, a listening session and, um, one of our younger ARs brought a song that he can I cuss on this? Yeah, absolutely. For lack of better word, shit on. And I saw the guy, the kid's like demeanor change, and I saw his confidence go away. And and I didn't say anything in the moment, but I, I pulled the the executive aside after the meeting, and I was just like, he, "This kid really looks up to you. And even if it's not good, like let him play it and explain why you don't see it and why it may not work." But as soon as you discourage people, like they're going to be afraid to speak up and then we lose them and it like crushes them in more ways than we can like fully understand. And so trying to like, again, show people, because again, it's a very like macho mentality of especially yeah. music. I'm sure similar to your industry you'd mentioned, but I'm trying daily to, to improve that environment. Yeah, because these are like 
you know, in your 20s, especially early 20s and start of your career, it's your, your formidable years, right? If you mm-hmm. have someone who's always pushing you down, you're going to have a lack of self-worth and lack of confidence uh, like going forward. And so I think having a strong mentor who actually encourages you to learn and you provide honest feedback and they're receptive to it, then you're actually teaching them something instead of saying none of your opinion matters. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You're full of wisdom. Are you in therapy? <laughs> I'm actually eight years old. I'm Benjamin Button. Um, no, but that's pretty wise. I mean, we're in our thirties, but you're 31 and mm-hmm. you have a lot of experience, obviously, but that is pretty amazing to be able to catch that and redirect because it yeah. is very important. Mm-hmm. And I think in some sense we can all do it in all relationships, right? Sometimes yeah. it's easy to focus on someone's weakness versus mm-hmm. encouraging their strengths. So. I was always an observer and I was pretty quiet as a kid. Mm. And as I got older, if I witnessed something that I thought should have been different or wasn't handled correctly, I would just write it down. And I sort of just made these like collective of random thoughts and notes of what I wanted to be once I got somewhere. Wow. And again, I don't know where that came from. I never so like talked sweet. to my parents about it or, or anything like that. I got into meditation really young, which I'm thankful for. How did you get into meditation? My older brother was going through just a lot of stress in being at college. He moved to sort of a tough town and didn't really get along with the environment of the school. And he got into transcendental meditation back in like, should probably 2008 or nine mm. and took me to a seminar. And again, I was always an observer. And so to like see all these people in this room and to listen to our, our yogi and to hear about it, I started doing it when I got home and still actively do it to this day. And it's definitely a huge part of me that, I feel like it's allowed me to be a lot more observant and be aware of people's feelings and emotions and the environment. And it's tough because there was definitely years where I felt like I wasn't in the best environments that I was also part of creating. And so you lose a lot of that. And it's just, you know, it's, it's really obvious once you can kind of take a step back and realize that when you set boundaries, when you focus on personal mental health, when you focus on relationships and all that, everything starts to flow a lot more opportunities coming easier. You could see things a lot clearer. You feel like you don't have to force your way into things or opportunities. And that just sort of goes with the whole like flow of working on yourself. And again, creating that environment that yourself and people can do well in. I was actually going to ask you, do you think that, and I know we were like actually more in career, but I feel like this is probably in all parts of your life. Do you feel like you're someone that had to force your way into a lot of these, like sometimes people are like, you got to just get in the room and like, mm-hmm. they're really pushy. And I've was in the music industry for a bit and like Hollywood can be like that. And the music industry can be like that. That doesn't seem like your energy. I struggled because early on I saw people and I felt like the brightest personalities were at the top, you know, and you saw like Scooter was someone I always looked up to early on. And, um, you know, you'd see him in a room and it just is like, oh my God, this guy like lights the room up and he moves around. Like he's not even walking. He's just floating and saying hi to that person and (laughs) dapping up that person and taking a shot with that. Like you were just like, it seemed so seamless to him. And many other people that I watched, Jamil was selling the same way or just like wherever he went, he was the loudest person and everyone paid attention to him. So I used to sit there as a kid, like, shit, I'm kind of quiet and shy. I feel like my gifts are in like, the work I do and the environment I could hopefully create, not necessarily in like being the biggest personality. But when you see that, you feel like you have to be it. And so I definitely tried to do more of that early on until mm-hmm. I eventually after a number of years realized like that doesn't work for me. Like what I offer is something really unique 
and I believe in, and I love that about me. And like, let me just focus on strengthening that versus being this really loud. Just being someone that you weren't. Yeah. And as an observer, like, so you're always like taking things in. Do you sometimes feel that you also can like take in other people's like negativity and like toxicity? Because I'm like an empath. And if someone is very low energy around me, like I know my energy goes down and I just have realized I can't surround myself by a lot of negativity or else it really affects me. So how do you like be an observer, but like protect like what goes in? It took also some time, but I, I would say a few years ago, learned to separate my professional and personal life. And again, in music, and I think a lot of people that start companies, they combine into one and they are the same thing. And so realizing like, I don't need to be best friends with everyone. It's fine to be social and know people and, and network in that sense. But like who I am personally, professionally can be two different things and they could have different friends and people. So when it comes to work, like those people don't really affect me because it's usually pretty quick. And I'm sort of fortunate enough at this point where I could pick and choose who I decide to work with. And I realize not every opportunity is meant for you to take. That was a tough one that really... I had to learn because again, as a young entrepreneur, you, you see something and you want to go accomplish it. And it took some big lessons. Like there was an artist I was managing four or five years ago. Well, I won't say the name on this, but if you look hard enough, you could figure out who, and she's now one of the biggest artists in the world. And I have so much respect for her. I always knew creatively she would accomplish amazing things. I just felt like I wasn't right for it. And I felt like personalities and energy and all these things, just like I wasn't the best person for it. And so I decided to split ways and, and she has an amazing team she's been with since. And that was one of the first times where I felt like I removed myself from something that I felt like was an opportunity would be big, but the energies weren't aligning there. And now when I look back on it and I look at the businesses we've created and things I'm working on now, I feel like I wouldn't have been able to have done it if I had continued on with that, with that journey. And so it just goes to show there's infinite routes you could take. You just have to continue following what feels right to you and natural versus trying to force things. So I definitely forced a lot early on. Elites, not the best environments. Right. Did you feel that way with your personal life, like friendships, business relationship? I mean, that was one business relationship, but like business mm-hmm. partners, romantic relationships or a time when you were like, I have to actually set a boundary or not be around this or move away from this. Cause that I think is just like a really great lesson in life, right? Is being like yeah. comfortable with maybe this isn't right for me. I work with an executive coach now. And I think the thing we talk about most about is being comfortable saying no. Cause very much uh, if someone wants to meet or get a coffee or needs help, I wanted to be the person they said that said, yes, I wanted to be liked by everyone. And that like definitely takes a toll on you. Mm-hmm. And so making no a very important part of your vocabulary. Now I think there's a polite way and a rude way to do it. Not responding to people being mean, whatever it may be. But like now I'm in a p- place to where I can, I'm comfortable saying like, I'm sorry, I just don't have the time. Like if it's important, you can email it to me or, you know, here's someone that can help you. But I had to get okay with saying that and realizing that doesn't make you a bad or mean person. We only have so much limited time and energy to give out there. And I want to give it to the things I love and care about and to the people I love and care about. And I would rather be able to give them more meaningful time and experiences and opportunities versus trying to do it for everyone and just giving all these people a bit of it. And so I really, really focus in on that now. Do you think that's part of like the 
hustle culture of like more is better. Like I can do so much with my time, like constantly go, go, go. I was so proud before to be like, yeah, I did this. And I stayed up till 4 a.m. And <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was, I did 20 meetings today. How many did you do? For yes. sure. Oh, For sure. Like changing your definition of productivity. I wore low sleep, not eating. And success. As a badge of honor. I know. But and to me, if people didn't get less sleep, I was like, in my head, I was like, oh, they're not working hard enough. I know. I'll pass them soon. Don't worry. Like it's so crazy, right? That yeah. that is the culture. I still like my boyfriend is a founder, and I'll joke. This is kind of rude, but I'll be like, it's like sometimes, and you do have to do it at the beginning of starting a company to some mm-hmm. degree. But I'm like, sometimes you're just like an incel, you know, like locked away working twelve hours. And I think you do have to like at some point, you know, if you're a one man show, etc. But it is so funny how like I still am like learning to say no. And like we glorify being busy as though Mm -hmm. it's cool. And it's like, you know, what's not cool is being at like 50%, 40% and everything you do than being at a hundred percent to like the five things you decide to say yes to. It's also like different people have different meanings of productivity. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, my husband is quote unquote, very productive person and he has everything scheduled in his calendar and whatnot, whatever. And I used to always compare myself to him and my definition of productivity can be very different to his. Like I remember postpartum and I'm like, it's like, what did you do today, babe? And I'm like, I got out of bed. <laughs> I went down the stairs today and hearing him, it's just like, he had like 20 meetings and it, it kind of like makes you like a little man, but then you have to remind yourself that like, you're not on that person's journey. You're mm-hmm. on your own journey. And today felt really productive for just doing the basic task. Yeah. Yeah. I try to, I try to ask more people how they are or, or like people that I, I care about on a personal level and, and want to continue growing our relationship. I try to, I have my outlets that I like get things out and different people I talk to. Yes. If I have a therapist earlier, I work with a shaman. That's like, I guess my version of a, a therapist, um, no drugs involved. No, I mean, I, I always love to hear it. Cause... But uh, yeah. And so I have my versions, I get things out, which is important, but I try to, cause yeah, I don't want people to ever compare themselves to me in that way. And I'm a very like scheduled, I have breakfast workouts, date nights, movie, I have everything scheduled. And it's like how I work best. Even when I'm like going to call my mom, I'll sometimes schedule it just yeah. to like remind myself. And yeah. it's like, yeah. I do cut out personal time for people and things. I try to be as cognizant as possible of like what I'm putting on people and what if they're comparing themselves and more so just like ask them, how was your day or how are you doing? Or Okay. Right. So I have a question. So you have a shaman, you meditate, you carve out time for yourself and whatnot. Do you find in your group of guy friends, let's just talk about men, for example, they do similar things? Or do you think that like you're a little bit of an anomaly? I would say part anomaly, but you start to, when you prioritize those things, you start to see people in your life that just don't match that energy. And it's not like there needs to be some big dramatic breakup or you have to like unfollow them on social media just yet. But uh, just yet, <laughs> uh, eventually it is important what you feed yourself every day with social media, you're feeding your brain is so important. Whether you mute someone, decide to unfollow them, like I can get into a whole thing with that. Muting um, is the best way. It's it the is. best way. It's the best way I if you mean, don't want to like hurt someone's feelings. Especially but. right now. No, that was an amazing question. I want to know more because I think mm-hmm. you have from both the outside and this conversation, like really created something special, right? And a lot of that feels like natural and honing your interests and refining yourself, right? And that's like all you can ask for in life is just mm-hmm. your work in progress. So Annabelle and I have talked about this a lot. She's shifted into this energy a lot as a new mother. 
she's like, I have to be really careful who I'm around, et cetera. How do you deal with that? Like when you're like, I'm doing this work on myself, I'm growing, I'm learning. And then Mm -hmm. you come up on energy that maybe you've had in your life for a long time, or maybe not, but you can't really be around it. Yeah. I'll say something first that kind of ties into it, then jump into more. But um, I was in a unique spot because most of the people I worked with were friends or actual family. My brother's one of my co-founders. Younger brother works with, he runs my recording studio. Another co-founder is one of my best friends from high school. One of our creative directors was, I was the best man in his wedding and he's one of my best friends. So like, it's a blessing because I get to work and accomplish these life professional goals with people I care about the most, which is exciting. But at times it gets hard for us to get away for work because it's what we love to do. And so it took me getting a friend group that had nothing to do with what I did work-wise to really start to remove myself and like separate Tyler as a professional and what I do for work. And then who I am as just like my core, whether it's our inner child or however we want to describe Mm -hmm. it, but like, who's that person that if we were said we have a month to live and like work doesn't matter, like what are the things you would do? Who would you want to be around? How would you want to spend your time? Like who's that person? And it took me getting friends that were out of the industry that had don't care what I do or who I am in that world and spending time with them. And there's a specific friend group, shout out a few people, this girl, Hannah Calton, a buddy, Cam Lutz, uh, another friend, Tyler, but they were such a unique group that I met over COVID and they were so supportive. Uh, Whenever someone's birthday, they would do affirmations and like gather as a group and all write notes. And I cried at my first one. And I, I like grew up really emotional as a kid, sort of like, hid all of those to like go through the early stages of working and then becoming more and more open as I get older. But I remember it was so uncomfortable at first I was sitting there and it wasn't even about me. It was someone else that I just had met and was doing affirmations for them. And it was so uncomfortable for me to hear a group of friends tell them why they love this person, their favorite memory with them. And after that night, it sort of got me thinking more and more like, why was that so uncomfortable for me? Is that saying about, the people I'm spending all my time with and how we're spending our time. And so I started to be able to like prioritize different relationships in my life and it's work, you know, it's like they, a lot of them live over in like South Bay. So in like uh, Manhattan beach and in El Segundo. And so I usually drive them the weekends and spend a beach day with them or we all go swimming or do something, which is work. I live in Lake Hollywood. So it's an hour mm-hmm. each way of driving, but it's a priority to me and it, and it, fills up my bucket and lights me up in so many ways that it helps me get away from a lot of the bad negative energies. And it, it, it makes those things okay. Cause some of you just can't get away from, yeah. you could say like in an ideal world, you will just ignore or not work with those people, but that's impossible. There's people I talk to every day that just suck and I wish I didn't <laughs> have to, but it's part of the job, but it's okay to me because like it's temporary and I like, and I am able to remove those two people. Your friends seem amazing. Yeah. You so also seem like you're very in tune with yourself. Like it's very refreshing because I think many men, especially, and even women around, you know, your age, our age, we're all similar ages, aren't as in tune with themselves. And maybe that they're really like successful on a professional level, but mm-hmm. inside they don't really know who they are. And you seem to have like a really strong understanding of like who you are and like what's important to you and what's not. And you seem like quite emotionally evolved. Like where are you getting that from? 
I could say some things, meditation and reading books and stuff, which is true. But something in me as a kid just always felt really connected to myself and other people's feelings and observing. That was really hard to explain. Mm -hmm. And then it got definitely more refined as I got older and read books and listened to great podcasts and spent time by myself. It's just, it's, we always say things we want to do and so rarely do we actually do them. And uh, I read this book, Atomic Habits, that that a lot of people have now read. And it just helped me so much with like setting goals or things I want to change in my life and the actual steps to doing them. To the point where I actually like will write myself contracts and like give it to people if saying like, here's what I want to do and how I'm going to do it. One thing was literally like, I'm like, I have such a platform now and I feel like everything's just about acquiring. Like, how do I get more clients and build a bigger business and make more money? And so little of what I was doing outwards, both in the industry and outside of my industry. And so setting time for that and making that a priority just along of like growth and all these things that we say we want to do. It's like, you know, but rarely do the actions to it. Like what? Like your bucket list. Like what are some of the things yeah. on your bucket list? Number one or two are get married and have kids. Uh-huh. One and two. We can um, help with that. We're we very good at that. Yeah. I actually recently met someone and she's been amazing. Okay. My life. Yes. Very happy. I'm happy to get into that later. We're happy but, for um, you. you know, it's everything from learn five languages, which I know like How two and a half. How many are you at? Okay. Two and a half. What languages do you know? Uh, my mom's from Bosnia. So I know like their technical language is Serbo-Croatian. Um, wow. So I grew up learning that. And then I'm like, half decent at Spanish. Learn five languages to get my pilot's license, to travel to every country in the world, to build a hundred schools, to starting my foundation, to crashing a wedding. I don't know if I said that. That's like a random one I read the other day. To... I kind of look through it. Yeah. Yeah, okay? yeah. I really yeah. love that. You know what this reminds me of? You know Vanessa's boyfriend, Ben? Mm-hmm. Um, does He does this. Like really? he has a bucket list and they all go. I was very much inspired by, by if it's Ben that had the show. Ben Mem, Mem Team. What's his last name? He had name? like a show about it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was very much inspired by that. I love really, that. I really don't ever think about my bucket list. Do you? He's someone I've always wanted to meet. You're in luck. Our friends Ben, we're, ben we're going to be set up soon. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's random stuff. Meet the Dalai Lama. Learn to sail. Get a tattoo. I have no tattoos. Compete in the Olympics. That's a big one. Whoa. That you have a plan for. Wait, okay. what sport? So again, I, I work with my brothers and best friends uh-huh. and really lucky. And we, we were out drinking one night, joking about it. And um, I told them about that bucket list. <laughs> and I was like, hear me out. We're going to, we're going to wait like 10 years. We'll be like late thirties, early forties. We're, and we're going to either make a movie or a documentary about what we do in our life, but we're essentially like we get to a certain place in our career work-wise and we have the accolades and all things are going well there. And we then <laughs> try out for um, curling. Okay. We then like train for two years. And you think of, I don't know if you've ever watched curling, but it's yeah. just all I mean, like- you know I'm Canadian, right? That's like our I sport. I don't even know what that is. <laughs> Canadians it's for some people reason- scrub, like they slide the, the disc on the ice and then they scrub it oh. and they get in rings. And, they and get that's points. a real sport. Oh yeah, and it's Canadians an Olympic, really thrive at that. And it's Olympic sport. Canadians are amazing at it. Yeah. The American team's like a bunch of old people that do it as like a hobby. So you can do it. I'm convinced. I'm I convinced agree. we can do it. And I think it'd be hilarious. And I want it to be a comedy movie Wait, or a documentary or something. I need to I'm tell you this in anecdote. Now, but yeah. I, every time I play tennis with my coach, who's very silly, I say to him, 
I'm going to Wimbledon. It's going to be, I'm going to have a Netflix documentary called Winning Wimbledon. And it's going to be kind of a satire, but it's going to follow me in my journey to Wimbledon. Yeah. So, but it will be my way to get to Wimbledon. We're kind of going for the same thing. Yeah. The yeah. Same, yeah. That same like ironic. Of like four successful founders. <laughs> yes. That have been childhood friends, like compete for the Olympics in this ridiculous sport that's curling. Mine was just going to be me yeah. and my friend who also usually plays tennis with me. And I was like, it would be so funny to watch us like train for Wimbledon. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Curling age. is great. Great idea. Yeah. So, I mean, okay. TBD we're very for that. aligned. Yes. And it's going to happen. And for me, the bucket list, like I could only hope that I, I get through it, but it's more so... It gets me thinking of things outside of work. Again, like so few of the things are like yeah. on ones like Forbes cover and there's random little work things I have in there, but it more so gives me fun new challenges to work on or think about or plan. It's like to have a roadmap. Yeah. It's like to have a roadmap and things that, again, like fill me up so I don't get to the end of my journey. And I'm just like, shit, there were so many things I wanted to accomplish yeah, and do. And I just like only did work and my family. Do you ever revisit them and you're like, wait, that doesn't serve me anymore. Like that doesn't feel right to me anymore. Not just like adding, but also maybe only removing. once I've removed something. Yeah. Pretty rarely. I made over COVID side. It was like, you how know, do you I, even I, think of them? If something random comes, I would like add it. I still don't have all a hundred. Okay. I'm probably at like 86, I think 86, 87. How many it's, have you knocked off? I think around 10. Okay, like Iron Man was on there. I did crash a wedding. Um, wow. Um, this is very inspiring. I love it. Yeah, that. there's like a handful of things that are already in there. Well, it now sounds I like I, I started right my I did my first school build, so I'm one out of a hundred. Oh my god, I amazing! Go. Yeah, wait, that okay. So this brings you back to something that you said earlier. I know we have to wrap soon, but I want to ask you this. So I feel like your bucket list, in a sense, helped you self explore, right? It's like Absolutely. ask yourself questions about a different side of yourself because mm -hmm. I do think anyone like my dad was like this start who works so young that becomes your full identity because it is yeah. your formative years yeah. you do become your work which is okay in some senses right if we were to say like you had posed this question with that rhetorically but if work didn't matter that music didn't matter who who are you like who would you say like you're like what do you love what are you passionate about mm -hmm. i've always wanted to be a healer and I always want to be someone that betters my environment. I feel like I've, for whatever reason, um, whether you follow spirituality, religion, fate, whatever it may be, I feel like I've been given certain tools that I'm my happiest and my best when I'm giving back and, and trying to help a situation or an environment or someone's life. I just feel like I genuinely have the ability to do that. And I've been given so much already. I have an amazing family. I grew up in Southern California. I have my health. I, I have brothers and my parents around still. And I had education and food always. And you go through all those things. We're at, at such a small percent of the world of people that grew up in a tough household, that don't have as many opportunities, that grew up around violence, that grew up in areas that didn't have developed schools. And the list goes on and on. And whether people come from that or not, I just, I feel this sort of like innate ability and responsibility that I love to carry. I'd like genuinely love to carry to better my environment. So that's like who I feel like I truly am. And whether I do that through work or my personal life, I feel like I could accomplish it both ways. I think Jasmine and I are going to be coming to see you as the healer. I truly believe that I love that that's one of your like purposes in life because mm -hmm. men need more men like you to look to. 
Yeah. And I'm sorry to all my clients if they do listen to this, but I definitely won't be a manager my whole life. And I have a <laughs> lot of goals of things I want to do and become. Mm-hmm. But you I'll, can come see him as a healer. Yes. Or I'm going to, I would love to be a professor, some sort of teacher. Or you can like teach him curling. Mm-hmm. I can teach curling mm-hmm. while we're healing and doing Reiki practice and different things. But um, yeah, I just, like, I love this life. I love this world. And I think if more people approach with that mentality of like wanting to make it better, and like counting their blessings, then we'll be in an okay place. Wow, that was such a beautiful, inspiring, refreshing episode. Um, (laughs) So Tyler, what's the point? (laughs) What's the point? To love your life, to have fun, to spend it with people you love and that fill you up, to give more than you take, to focus and love your body and your health, to spend as much time with and around people that push and motivate you. You know, to me, our journey of life and who we want to be, what we want to do, who we want to spend it with is uh, like, that's just such a gift to think about that we have like the ability to choose these things. And so, yeah, the, to me, the point is have fun with it. Like love your life and, and be the architect of the life you want to build. Cause again, like my mom was a waitress my whole life. My dad was a struggling musician. I saw them both go through poverty and fight to get to where they were, to where my brothers and I could take a shot at what we wanted to do in life. And um, you got it. You got to make the most of it. So beautiful. Thank you so much. Amazing episode. Thanks for having me. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.